Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. Um, you're going to grab three or four people around you. Of course, this is my opening question. Uh, when's the last time you laughed so hard you cried? Um, and you have four-ish minutes. Enjoy. Uh, thank you all for indulging in that question. I hope it brought up some good uh, memories, some funny, funny memes. Um, okay, so this morning we are going to have a conversation about joy, and I'm really excited. So we are going to continue on. We're in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 1, starting at verse 39, and this morning's text is this. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believes that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Amen. The end. I don't know which one. I don't know which one to do. Still rusty. Um, can only I hear that? Is that? Can everyone hear that? It's like a. Okay, I just want to make sure. I was like, <laughs> am I? Am I going down? Okay. Should I? Do I need to only stay over here? Okay, great. This is a, I could stay stationary, but I can't. I'm going to lie, I can't. Um, okay, so this is actually one of the passages that I remember vividly from childhood, uh, which is funny because it's, it's about, I don't know, two pregnant ladies, and I wasn't pregnant. But um, I remember my dad growing up, he was a preacher when I was younger, and so he, <laughs> he loved this passage, and he used to always say something that was so funny to me. Um, like, I'd hear him preaching or talking about the story, and he would say, like, oh, yeah, I want to be around people who make my baby leap. I'd be like, what? <laughs> it's like this 6'4 black man talking about his baby leaping. And I'm like, what could that possibly have to do with anything? Um, but he always talked about this reality that sometimes when you're around someone or you're in a situation that gives you so much joy, just like something inside you is stirred. He was, like, connecting that to that. And I was like, oh, I understand that, right? Because I'm genuinely a person, I'm an Enneagram 7, and a really good one, so I spent, yeah, probably the only number that would actively cheer um, for themselves. <laughs> but I spent most of my life in pursuit of like an endless summer, right? Like I never want to be sad. I want only sweet, never the bitter. I want only summer, never the winter. I want only happy, not the sad, right? And that didn't seem like such a problem um, until I heard a term called toxic positivity, and it really brought me down. Um, <clears throat> but that's how I spent my life, because I only ever wanted to be happy, because who doesn't only ever want to be happy, right? So um, I wanted to be happy all the time. And then it started to manifest. I kind of started growing this fear. And my, my deep fear was that if I ever got sad, I would get so sad that I would never be happy again. Okay, anyone relate? Is this my, my baggage? But um, so I never wanted to be sad because I was like, if I let myself be sad, the sadness will just 
envelop me because I pushed it away for so long. Now there's so much of it, I'm never going to be happy again. So I just need to be happy and stay happy. And um, it worked out really well, I'm sure, as you can all imagine. But I had a, a mentor in college one time south me and, and told me uh, that I can only experience joy to the depth at which I'm willing to experience pain because they come from the same well. Uh, girl, I know. So, um, so then began this journey of me understanding that what, what I was experiencing wasn't actual real joy because it, it wasn't deep enough. Because I had blocked myself off from feeling pain, I had blocked myself off from experiencing deep joy as well. It's one well, so you deepen one, you deepen both of them. And that was a lot to learn, and I'm still learning it. I still lean towards a little bit of discomfort when pain knocks on my door, but now I know if I answer that door and I let that pain in and I let that pain move through my house, now my well's deeper for all of it. And the next time that joy answers, we'll hit a deeper place too, right? I'm trying to retrain this thing, but it's taking a while, okay? So pray for me. So I learned that joy and pain are inextricably tied. They're this little dance group that I don't love, but I love the reality of it, right? I love, I love the joy parts. It's fine. And then I read a story like this, and I'm like, so fascinating, right? I love anything in the Bible that has to do with joy and this moment of joy. Well, we're talking about two women who are about to give birth, um, an event not historically known for being painless, right? But an event historically known for bringing lots of joy. And so we're just reminded again and again and again that there is joy and there is pain and there is joy and there is pain. But they sat in this moment of joy. And they let this moment of joy be with them. Because here's something that I kind of suspect. I suspect that sometimes along the way, as we learn the importance of sitting in our pain and moving through our things, especially at a place like this, we're not going to shy away from it, right? We're going to tell you to like be in therapy, do all the things, and move through that pain. But sometimes I suspect that we start to distrust joy a little bit, okay? Go with me on this. So uh, my wife and I moved to Austin. We lived there for 13 months. So it's like a study abroad year. And, um, <laughs> and one day she was at this like natural springs pool with her brother. They had gone to swim. And she texted me. She was like, hey, I think I stepped on something and, and stung me. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, did it hurt? And she's like, yeah. And I kind of feel funny, but like also I feel fine. And I was like, okay. Um, and her brother was like uh, training for like an Ironman. So he's like just doing laps in the pool and she's hanging out. And I, she was like, I don't know. And she, I was like, send me a picture. So she sends me a picture and I'm like, oh my gosh. Galen out of the pool, like you look, something's happening, right? Turns out she's allergic to be, she's going into anaphylactic shock. So um, I drive over there, like we drive really fast to the hospital. You know, like one of those things where like they see her and they just like grab her and take her like all the way back. They're like, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. Um, but very fixable. So they do all the things that they need to do. Now she has a cute EpiPen um, and everything's okay. <laughs> but it was like a very hectic, chaotic moment. And so like I didn't really even listen to like what they were saying of all the things she needed to take when she got home. And then so like after things calmed down and we're like back at our house, I'm like reading the medicine she's taking. I think it was like a steroid or something. And the only thing it said on there was like take with food, and then right under it said, may cause inappropriate happiness. <laughs> and it really actually said that on the label. And I was like, I was like, babe, do you feel inappropriately happy? <laughs> 
And she was like, how would I know if it's inappropriate? And I was like, that is such a good question. So like the whole time she's on this medicine, we're just like, are you, is this an inappropriate time to be happy? Is there an inappropriate time to be happy? Right, I'm just like guarding for like, how happy do you feel on a scale of appropriate to not appropriate? Um, it was such a funny idea, because I'm like, and how is that a side effect, and how did they determine it? I don't know, but I think we have this kind of distrust for joy. And in our learning about how important it is to confront our pain, sometimes I feel like we have a resistance to letting joy in. I think sometimes we get comfortable because we know the cycle of pain and we, we hope for pain to be fragile and we hope for pain to be short-lived, but we hope for joy to be longer. I think sometimes we distrust joy because it left sooner than we wanted it to. It was more fragile than we thought it should be. And that actually what I found working through my pain, it sucks, but I don't know if it's even as vulnerable as true joy as giving myself over to a joyful moment is so vulnerable. Have you ever just been in a moment where you're just, I mean, you are giving yourself over to it and then you have this like really out of pocket thought. Like the other day, true tears, because I was looking at my dog. I was like, I love you so much. You bring me so much joy, you make me so happy. And I start crying, so I'm like, you're gonna die one day. <laughs> Why, why would I do that? It's me resisting the vulnerability of that moment. Like, I can't just be in that moment with my dog and love him so much without my brain being like, nope, nope, cut it, cut it out. You can't be this vulnerable. Because joy is true vulnerability. And so just as we are learning that when pain knocks on our door, we have to answer, we get to also experience that when joy knocks on our door, we get to answer that one too. They are both fragile. They are both short-lived. They are both very important. And we can't have one without the other. We need to deepen the whole well, right? Have you ever, oh my gosh, there's so many times where I'm like, why am I resisting joy? So one time, it was early in our relationship, it was like one of me and Sammy's first kind of arguments where I was like mad, she's mad. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, how's this gonna go? So far, everything's been so great. Um, and at the time, I had an 80-pound dog. He's a different dog. I always have dog trauma. And um, we're arguing, and you know, I'm crying, she's crying, and we're like, kind of getting into it. You know, when you start to get upset, you just sort of like get grounded a little bit. Like your feet sink a little bit in the sand, and you're like, well, I'm mad now, so I'm gonna stay mad. Like, honestly, no matter what you say, I just, I have decided to be here, and I'm mad. Um, and so we both kind of did that, and we're planted, um, and then Doug, who's my dog at the time, walks by and just lets one rip. <laughs> right in front of us, middle of conversation. And so we're like, I'm, I'm not gonna address, I'm not gonna laugh. <laughs> I'm not gonna acknowledge an 80 pound dog just like ripped one in the middle of our argument because I'm, I'm mad now. I've decided that I'm going to be upset. And so although Joy came knocking at my door, I'm going to let it go because I have decided that this is where I live. Have you all ever noticed, have you ever noticed yourself doing that? Like you resist the joy? We resist it because we, we what? We don't want it to go away, but it has to go away. It will go away. But that doesn't mean it's not important. 
We say all the time, and I say all the time, suffering is a fundamental part of what it means to be human. Every single person in here will experience that and probably already has. But so is joy. It is just as important. It is not stationary. It is not forever. This narrative of the life of Jesus and John, I don't know if you know where it's going, but it's not all joy. <laughs> and in the story of Jesus, you have life, you have death, and then you have life again. That is a core narrative of this experience. You have joy, you have pain, you have joy again. And we get to focus just as much on the life as we do on the death. That is so important in what it means to be human. And as I was preparing for this morning and thinking about it, I was like, ah, I really got to get into like the joy, pain, you can't have one without the other. But then I was like, I think we know that. I think we're all like, pain knocks, trauma's popping up, address it. Call the therapist, get the spiritual director, get the community, do it. But when the joy knocks, we got to answer that too. And sometimes that takes work. It takes work like working through your pain. A few years ago, I went to Disneyland with my sister, my older sister. And my older sister is the best. But she's a little bit more serious than me and like far more calculated, like PhD by 30, like do, just like box check, box check. And no one was there, it was like a random Tuesday. And so we went on Thunder Mountain and it was so fun. She was like, oh my gosh, that was so exciting, I almost screamed. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, that was just so much fun. And I was like, why didn't you scream? She's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, let's write it again. And this time we're going to scream. And we write it again, but she doesn't scream. She's like, I don't know. So we'll just, we're going to ride as many rides until you just scream. And finally, we're on a ride, and she's just like, whoo! <laughs> I could literally cry thinking about it because it was such a beautiful moment of this very calculated, very like high-achieving, amazing, wonderful person who has dealt with so much, who has gone through so much, done so much work of finally giving herself over to a moment of joy. It's not going to last forever. Didn't fix anything, didn't change, didn't define her. But it was an important practice in giving herself over to that. Even in this uh, text, when you have this like baby being, is there anything more pure than a baby giving themselves over to like a moment of joy. They just do it. You're just like, hey, do you want to do fun baby stuff? And then they're like, <laughs> tell you about my life circumstance. I don't know what they like. But you do it for them and they're just like, ah, you know, and then they cry and then they stop. And all I'm suggesting this morning is that there might be a resistance and a guarding to that, that maybe we're a little less likely to answer the door when joy knocks than when pain does. But it's so important, and it's okay that it's fragile. Sometimes when I feel sad, I'm like, oh, I need a good cry, and then I feel less sad. But then I'm happy, and I have a good laugh, and I feel like, oh, is that gone now? Maybe that's okay. I'm so happy that I did it, that I gave into that moment that the joy was fragile and it was so vulnerable. You surrender to that, you just feel so open. And that's good. It opens you up to pain, absolutely. And it opens you up to more joy. And I think that's the point. It's life, death, 
life, this is the cycle of what we experience. So when we're in the moment of life, do not miss it, because the death is coming. And when you're in that moment, don't forget that there's more life. In whatever you're in, it's not going to be forever, so be in it. Give yourself over to the joy in whatever that means for you. If you need to ro ride a roller coaster five times before you finally let yourself go, woohoo! <laughs> do it. You need to just get in the car and listen to your favorite song until you finally are like, I'm just going to smile. I'm going to go back to my apartment. All my problems are still going to be there, but I'm going to listen to Olivia Rodrigo, who was my number one played artist by a lot in 2021, and I'm not embarrassed. <clears throat> and I'm going to let the joy in. I'm not trying to fix everything or pretend that problems aren't real. I'm allowing myself to deepen the whole well. The most pivotal experiences in my life deepen the whole well. Deep, deep, deep pain, deep, deep, deep joy, and I want to be present for both. Never have been good at endings, but that was that. Um, so we are going to grab the same three or four people around you, and we're going to have a little conversation about how might you give yourself to joy this week. You've got some minutes. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.